Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with our study of the book of Ephesians. Consider some of the background so that when we get to the passage in Ephesians, it will be abundantly clear. Jesus' final post-resurrection appearance is recorded in Acts chapter 1. He told the apostles not to leave Jerusalem until a certain spectacular promise was fulfilled. Please follow along with Pastor Jim as he discusses the fulfillment of that promise and its subsequent benefits in today's slice of this week's message entitled, You Have Been Brought Near. The reality of Jew and Gentile being one in the body of Christ is that big of a deal. It is an enormous reversal of things. Now, it took time for this amazing truth to take root, but it did, and it is astounding. You're going to learn that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can resolve such strife in a way that actually solves the root problem and truly brings people together in ways that they never imagined possible after lifetimes of strife and antipathy and factions and feuding. Now it is possible to sometimes negotiate a a ceasefire if you can get people to stop shooting at each other, stop screaming at each other, you know, for their own mutual good. You can do some things like that, humanly speaking, in the flesh, but you don't solve the problem except by the gospel. Now today I want to look mostly at historical events, and then we'll get to the theology that is um, the development of those historical events, the theology that explains it all when we get to Ephesians. So, you can remember we're in Ephesians 2, right? We'll get there, I promise. That'll be the last book that I quote from uh, this morning. But for now, I want to back up to the book of Acts. Let's start with Jesus' final post-resurrection appearance before He ascended to the Father. He told the apostles not to leave Jerusalem until a spectacular promise was fulfilled spectacularly. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. We'll start there. I'm going to hopscotch through about half of the book of Acts. Acts 1, 4, and 5. Gathering them together, He commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which, He said, you heard from Me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, I hope you can remember way back to ancient history when we studied the book of Mark, finished just over a a year ago, or even if you haven't, I'll catch you up. We learned there, as you study that last uh, week especially of Jesus' life, that the Jews of His day, and especially those who believed in Jesus, held a strong belief that they were going to see the kingdom of God burst forth on earth at any moment. 
Jesus was going to reign, they thought, at any moment on the throne of David in Jerusalem. The kingdom of God would come to earth. Their anticipation was palpable. And by the way, it continued right up to this day when Jesus ascended. Many of them, we're told in Luke chapter 19, as as Jesus approached Jerusalem that last time, what we call the triumphal entry, many of them thought that that they were going to see the kingdom of God then. They thought they were going to a coronation. And their, their hopes were dashed. You mean, we have to wait until tomorrow? Oh, it's going to be at the Passover. Oh, yeah, it's going to be, on, it's going to be on, on, on Friday maybe. And then Jesus died. And then He rose again and, whoa, oh, it, it's coming now. This surely is it. Forty days go by. Now here they are at this meeting. And look at the next verse, Acts chapter 1, verse 6. So when they had come together, they were asking Him, this was an honest question to them. It was as logical as can be, and it was logical. When they came together, they were asking Him, saying, Lord, is it at this time You are restoring the kingdom to Israel? They expected the Messiah to sit on the throne of David in Jerusalem, and all the nations would stream to them to worship. Honest question. Ever since John the Baptist, they had heard the message over and over again. Repent for what? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus came. What did He preach? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then, through His time of ministry on earth, including uh, several parables and several other ways that He did this, He began to teach that there is coming a phase of the kingdom program of God that is about to begin, but It was not going to be with Him reigning in Jerusalem. Instead, there was going to be an extended period of time, a time of sowing during which there would be mischief from the enemy of the kingdom who would counter-sow contradictory messages. Nevertheless, there would be relentless growth in the numbers of the followers of the Messiah. And there would continue to be lots of counterfeiting. That's the era in which we live. It's been going on that way for about 2,000 years. I think we are rather close to the end of that era, but we don't know. And you'll see um, that said in just a moment here. So, next two verses, Acts 1, 7 and 8. He said to them, It is not for you to know times or epochs, which the Father has fixed by His own authority. But, He said, you're not knowing when I'm coming or when when the kingdom is coming. But, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come to you, and you shall be My witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. Jesus' message was, one, you don't yet understand. Two, I'm not bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth right now. Number three, I have a lot of work for you to do in spreading the gospel until I come again. Number four, I will supply the power to you to do the work that I call you to do. He kind of knew about Ephesians 2.10 even though it hadn't been written yet these good works which He prepared beforehand, that we would walk in them. And number five, He said, 
This is going to knock down barriers like nothing else can. Now, I want you to understand Ephesians chapter 1, I'm not Ephesians chapter 1, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall be my witnesses, you'll, you'll receive power, you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. That was not an action plan on the part of the apostles. They didn't sit down in a committee and think that up. Jesus said, this is what is going to happen contrary to your expectation that you have to finally understand needs to be adjusted. Now, I mentioned in our daily emails this week where we're working through the Gospel of John, we've seen that before Jesus said this was His plan for building His church on earth, He set the example. We studied through John chapter 2 and John chapter 3. Jesus dealt with Jews in Jerusalem. Then, chapter 4, He deals with Samaritans, and a whole bunch of them believe. And then chapter 4, chapter four of John ends up with Jesus dealing with a Gentile, and He comes to faith. Now, as you work through the book of Acts, you see this promise of Acts chapter 1, verse 8 coming to pass. And you see the example of Jesus magnified spectacularly. The, the Holy Spirit comes. That happens in Acts chapter 2. That's the promise of the Father that Jesus said to wait for. And you have this spectacular response to Peter's sermon that day that was used to bring 3,000 people to faith in Christ on one day. And the gospel kept spreading like wildfire among the, the Jews and the, the group in Jerusalem grew 3,000, 5,000, and then they just said multitudes. And they, and they kept adding people to figure out how to minister to all of those folks. And even, well, what about the Greek-speaking ones versus the Aramaic-speaking ones and taking care of all of the widows? They, they, they handled all of that. It was, it was spectacular, unprecedented growth. And the gospel rather quickly became the major point of division among the Jews. Those who believed in Christ, those who didn't believe in Christ. The next dramatic step in the fulfillment of chapter 1, verse 8 of Acts comes in chapter 8. It was at the hands of one of the deacons, usually so-called, those seven men that were appointed in Acts chapter 6 to help the apostles with the administering of the various aspects of the ministry. One of those deacons um, came from the mother church, a man named Philip, and he took the gospel to the capital city of Samaria. And countless men and women believed. So skip up to Acts chapter 8. Verses 14 through 17. He's gone to Samaria, preached, lots of people believe. Chapter 8, verse 14. Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John. Okay, now, Philip's a good guy, but he wasn't one of the 12 apostles. They heard about this happening they're like Hallmark. They cared enough to send the very best. They sent Peter and John. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.